Hey ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mel Herbert here. It's Wednesday, September 18th, and I'm going to try and sound a hell of a lot perkier than I feel. You know, yesterday I was telling you about how I've got this virus and I'm feeling terrible. Well, you know, the other thing that drives me crazy is fevers and sweats. So you get infected, right? And then your body says, well, uh, let's give you a little fever because, you know, when the temperature goes up a little bit, your white cells and stuff can fight the infection a little bit better. But why does that have to feel so bad? Why does it make me feel terrible? And you go get the Tylenol, the ibuprofen to try and bring that temperature down because you don't feel good. And then when that fever breaks, as it were, your hypothalamus has spent all this time, like you're shivering, you're trying to increase your temperature to 38, 39 degrees Celsius, whatever. And then for whatever reason, your brain goes, okay, now we can go back to normal temperature. So you feel boiling. And every now and then you have these drenching sweats. I've never really had a drenching sweat that I remember. But last night, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I know you don't care, but I'm telling you anyway. Last night, I literally had the sheets that were just soaking. I've looked after patients for 30 years. They tell me, Doc, I had these drenching sweats. The whole bed was just like, it had just come out of the washing machine. And I'm like, sure. Well, now I feel bad because last night, that happened to me. I hate these viruses. Stupid, stupid viruses. So let's talk about Tesla then very quickly. Here we go. So first of all, Gigafactory 3 passes inspection ahead of starting production. So again, this is sort of like a broken record. This Gigafactory 3 has just been built so quickly. And now they're building the other part of it, which we believe is going to be for battery production and sled production. They're basically, the Chinese government has said, you're pretty much good to go in terms of the line that's going to make the Model 3s. So this is really same old thing. It's just amazing that they've done this so quickly. To get a factory built like this, and we, I think, will start to see Model 3s coming out of the end of this thing soon. It looks like it's that close, really soon. And now this, you know, extra big, giant next-door factory for cell production. I'm going to talk a little bit about cells in just a minute towards the end of today's little story because, you know, I've got a few things. The other thing we've been following a lot, obviously, in the last few weeks is this uh, Tesla Porsche. Yeah, Porsche. Back and forth. Well, um... It looks like that in that German racetrack that this new Plaid Model S prototype that they took out there just crushed uh, the Porsche. This killed it by about 20 seconds. Now, this is from somebody that was there who had a stopwatch, who saw it do it. It doesn't appear to be official yet, although Elon has now commented saying it's a start. This was an article which came uh, from Fred Lambert. And then Elon has said it's a start, talking about the fact that they beat the Porsche by 20 seconds. But we expect these track times to be beaten by the actual production seven-seat model Plaid S variant that goes into production around October, November of next year. And then the question was, so you've got a really fast uh, Tesla right now. You're going to have an even faster Tesla at the end of next year. So if you're into that, if you're uh, the rev head, there's a faster one coming. I don't necessarily think that's a great idea to tell the world that your 100,000 plus car is going to get better in November. So if you sort of were in the market to get a new Tesla, particularly an S, you might be like, well, I'm not going to get it now. Thank you very much. I can wait till November to get the fastest, the most amazing Porsche crushing car in the history of the universe. So that might actually hurt sales particularly coming up to that time next year. So I'm not necessarily sure that's the greatest thing to do. And then we got some clarification via Twitter from Elon about what this seven-seater thing is. And it's basically the five adult seats that face forward 
and two seats that face back. In the prior iterations of this, these were pretty small and they were clearly made for kids. And he's suggesting that this is going to be significantly bigger. We don't know how much bigger. Are these going to be full sort of adult size rear facing seats? I don't know. I guess we're just going to have to wait for more tweety tweets. And then in Californian news, Trump is trying to eliminate California's car emission standards waiver. So let me explain this because I've had a number of international friends ask me about what's going on there in California. So the feds can set car emission standards and sort of mile per gallons that cars have to have or manufacturers have to have an average of. And the Obama administration in a push to limit greenhouse gases, they significantly sort of increased the requirements by the car manufacturer saying you need to get more miles per gallon out of all your cars, all right? So now the Trump administration comes in and say, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And the only pushback that can really occur on that, it seems, is that California has a waiver. California says, oh, we get to tell uh, manufacturers that sell cars in California what the emission standards would be. California is a very progressive government. And so they say, no, 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 we're not rolling things back so that you can burn more gas. We're actually going to continue on with our very efficient and more aggressive plans about having very efficient cars here in California. And what that means is that, you know, we need cars that go a lot further on fuel or that they basically have lots more electric cars. And since one in eight cars in the United States are sold in California, they have an enormous power over the car manufacturers because they say, hey, if you make a car that gets 20 miles a gallon, we're saying it should get 40 miles a gallon. You're not going to be able to sell it in California. Are you really going to be okay with giving up, you know, one in eight of your sales because of that? So it puts California in a very powerful position. Now, you could argue certainly both ways about state rights versus federal rights and what if every state did this. So I don't know how this came along, but that's the fight that uh, is going on right now. The California state emissions versus the federal emissions. And although this makes lots of news and lots of headlines, I suspect that this is going to be played out in the courts. It is interesting that a number of manufacturers said to the Trump administration, uh, don't worry about it. It's fine. Let's not roll back these uh, Obama-era sort of uh, emission standards. Uh, we're okay there. I'm not sure why they said that. Maybe because um, of the California thing, and maybe if they can get this California waiver away, maybe the car manufacturers are going to say, yeah, damn straight, let's not have to make our cars any more efficient. We will see how this plays out, but it is going to play out in the courts. Finally for today, I'm actually going to do one of those longer form ones on this because I'm really interested in it. But it's about the battery cells that go into the Model 3, the S and the X. In the current S and X, you have the 18650 cells. So basically they get their name from the fact that they're about 18 millimeters across and about 65 millimeters high. Don't ask me why they put a zero on the end of that. It's 18 millimeters by 65 millimeters. Right? And that's what's in S and X right now. I think these were developed by Panasonic and they're used in laptops and lots of things. And Tesla had the genius idea of using these cells and then a cooling system to create EVs, whereas other people have been off trying to create other things and pouch cells and all this stuff. And it looks like Elon and the, the kids there at Tesla made the right bet. And they've continued to improve that basic 1860, 650 cell with improved chemistry on the inside with Panasonic. But that's the, the basic form factor, right? So then along comes the 2170. So these are a little bit bigger. They're 21 millimeters by 70 millimeters. So a different size. And of course, continuing to improve the internal chemistry of this. And we expect more improvements on that. And they're in the Model 3. So the 18650s 
are in the Model S and X, and the 2170s are in Model 3. The really nice thing about the uh, 2170s is that they have higher energy density, up to twice as much energy density. Now, you get a lot of energy out of them because they're a little bigger and have more volume, but supposedly, in the articles that I've read, nearly twice the energy density, which is pretty cool. So we fully expect these 2170s to come into the next iteration of S and X. And many of us have wondered, well, why is this taking so long? And it perhaps could be simply because they are production constrained. That Panasonic and Tesla, they know how to make 18650s and they're doing a pretty good job. And they've done some other stuff to the S and X to improve their mileage by increasing efficiency. But we fully expect that the 2170 batteries are going to come into S and X soon because you can charge them faster. The way they've got them set up in the 3 is that you can hook the 3 up to a 240 volt V3 and get the full 240 volts. And you cannot do that in the 18650s. And as I say, we're going to do a deeper dive on that at another time. I should also tell you that if you want to hear about rate of charging and where we are compared to gas cars and what's the state of affairs, again, Ben Sullins of Teslanomics just released a video on this talking a lot about driving to Vegas using a V3 supercharger in his Model 3 and how he believes, although you certainly can't fill up an electric car as fast as a gas car, with that V3 supercharger in a Model 3, it's getting to the point where functionally it doesn't matter because it's so fast. By the time you uh, stop driving after two or three hours, which is what most of us do, and go uh, do your wee-wees and get your Diet Coke and your uh, veggie burger, and hop back in the car, you've got plenty of range to drive another 200 miles. So go check that out. I really like Ben's stuff. He makes a really good argument for the fact that, yes, it's always nicer to have faster charging, but we're pretty close, pretty close to functionally being as good as a gas car. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm excreting virus. I'm sweating. It's gross. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.